Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Good morning everyone. Happy New Year to you. Does that feel weird saying it feels weird because it feels already like we're a long way into the year. I don't know about you. That's how I feel and this is the first time I've been at our Mackenzie AM campus so far this year. So happy new year. Quick show of hands if you made any New Year's resolutions this year. (laughs) Not many people, a bit like me. I hate making New Year's resolutions because I break them pretty quickly. Amen to that? Whether we make New Year's resolutions or not, we all start the beginning of a new year wanting this year to be better than the last year, don't we? The beginning of a new year is a great opportunity to begin afresh, to gain some new perspective and some new vision for our lives, which is why our January series is simply called New. God is the same yesterday, today and forever, but he's a God of new beginnings. His nature never changes. His love is steadfast. His compassion never fails. He'll be faithful to the end, but he is always doing something new and he wants to do something new in our lives to make us more like Christ. You know, in the Old Testament, God continually gave Israel a new beginning, even when they messed up time and time again. But this is what he said to Israel, and I believe he's saying the same to us this morning. In Isaiah 43, he says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. And as I read those words, I believe there's some strong words there for some of us this morning. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Will you allow him to do a new thing in you as we begin this year? God is always doing a new thing and he's always wanting to do a new thing in you. Do you believe that? Yeah, it's good. So at the beginning of a new year, a new decade even, our prayer is that this series will bring hope into your hearts that what is broken can be made new. And that that it will fill us with the faith to step into the new things that God has for each of us into this new season. And today, we're looking at new name. New name. Let me pray as we start. God, I thank you that you are always wanting to do a new thing in us. God, I thank you that you are the God of the new. And uh, we bring ourselves before you this morning and ask that you would begin a new thing in us. In and through the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Who remembers as a child the silly poem that your parents taught you to help you um, stay strong against bullies? If you remember it, say it with me. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but... Words will never hurt me. Names will never hurt me. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Rubbish. Rubbish. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will definitely 
hurt me and hurt you. We don't want them to. We want to be strong. But names can really hurt. And maybe some of you in this room have been hurt because of some of the names that you've been called over the years. Names can hurt. But names can also speak life into us because name, names have real power. You know, in September, my daughter Katie, uh, if you haven't heard me talk about it every time I get an opportunity to stand on the platform, um, my daughter Katie had a, a baby. And it's been such an amazing season for our family and an absolutely huge blessing. And I have to say, I love being a grandma. In fact, I love babies, I love kids, and since my, my kids were teenagers, I told them that when the time and the circumstances were right, I couldn't wait to be a grandma. Now that dream's become a reality, and I'm suddenly feeling too young to be a grandma. <laughs> I'm 48 years old, and I know some of you will chuckle and go, actually, that is old. But now, the real dilemma has begun. What on earth is my name going to be as a grandma? Seriously, this is a big deal. Because what I'm called to this first grandchild will be my name now forever. And there isn't a name that my grandkids can call me that doesn't sound old. You know, when we had our first daughter, Jess, um, my mother-in-law became known as Granny Lou. Um, but as kids do as they're getting older, she couldn't, Jess couldn't pronounce it particularly well and what came out was Lulu. And uh, that's really quite a cute term of endearment until your kids start going to school and whatever and you've got to start explaining to people why their grandma is named after a toilet. <laughs> My family call me Shushan, uh, they have for some time, and there's quite the story behind that. Strangely enough, I don't mind it, I've gotten used to it. And even my, my kids' friends uh, call me Shushan now. But I started to contemplate maybe Shushan as my grandma name. I thought maybe it would be fun, kind of doesn't sound too old, maybe a little bit hip as a grandma. And there, from there I considered Shushi because uh, Jess has um, been calling me Shushi every now as a bit of a term of endearment. But unfortunately as a teacher, I do know how long it takes kids to create blended sounds like SH and I'd probably end up being Sushi or Susie or something strange like that. And at the moment what we've landed on is Granny Shush. I'm Granny Shush. This problem is real, people. It's a real dilemma because names really matter. And this will be my forever name. And if I'm going to get a new name, I want it to be good. A beautiful term of endearment. A name that invokes real affection in the precious ones that will be using it. A name that when spoken by my grandchildren actually makes them feel loved and cherished. There's power in a name. There is power in a name. Many times a person's name holds special meaning. You might be named after a family member or you might have named your children in honour of a loved one. 
Our granddaughter, Aurelia, actually has my middle name, Joy, and already she is living up to her name. Aurelia means golden and she truly is a golden ray of joy. She's such a happy little baby. But names not only have the power to build us up and speak positivity to us, they also have the power to hurt us and tear us down. Names can really hurt. King Solomon knew this and he wrote in one of his Proverbs, Proverbs 12 verse 18, the words or the names of the reckless pierce like swords, pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healings, healing. See, names can shape or misshape someone's reality for years to come. Names can shape our beliefs, they drive our behaviour and ultimately they create our world. Their power arises from the emotional response we have when we either hear them or speak them or we read them. And maybe you've been subjected to name calling that's hurt deeply and left you emotionally wounded. You know, as young children our self-esteem is often fragile and can be so easily damaged by the words that are spoken over us, sometimes by the people who are meant to love us the most. And maybe this morning as an adult you're carrying the pain of names spoken over you in younger days, or maybe names that you've given yourself, stupid, useless, good-for-nothing, dumb, ugly, the list goes on because it's far too easy to come up with names that get used to taunt us and make us feel small and powerless. Likewise, we have labels like addict, single, divorced, unemployed, domestic violence victim, bankrupt, widow. You know, the list is endless of the labels and the names that when spoken over us can become wounds like bruises, that when they're hammered often enough, can really stick and can really cause physical and emotional pain. And maybe some of you this morning are carrying the pain of these names and these labels. And they've been what has shaped your identity to this point. Names really can build us up and make us feel cherished and valued and loved or they can hurt us and wound us deeply. There's real power in a name because in our name we find our identity. You know, names were really important in biblical times. Names were very intentional and they spoke to the person's identity, often saying something about their character or their profession or the situation that they lived in. Here's some examples that I've looked up from 1 Samuel in the Old Testament. Hannah. Hannah means favour or grace. Hannah in the Old Testament was infertile uh, but after a blessing from the priest Eli, she, gave, um, she received favour from God and gave birth to a son who she named Samuel because Samuel means God has heard. Samuel's mother Hannah had cried out to God for a child, promising to dedicate him back to the Lord if he answered her prayers. It's also the middle name of our son, Josiah, because he was the much prayed for boy after three girls, not the four girls would have been bad. But when Samuel was four, 
Hannah did dedicate him to the temple and he became the last of the ruling judges of Israel and he anointed the first king of Israel whose name was Saul. Saul means asked for or prayed for. And the Israelites had cried out to God for a king to lead them. Saul was the answer to that prayer. The list goes on. But their God-given identity was found in their names. And while the significance of names has changed drastically in our culture from what they were in the ancient world, you can still see some of the power that they have. Now, many of you, like Aurelia, might be named after another member of your family. How many of you might have been named after a famous person or someone that your parents respected? You know, we can see the significance of names in their namesakes. Alternatively, as a teacher, there were names uh, that became quite tainted, names that I would never use for my children. How many of you, for instance, know anyone named Adolf? What about Judas? Anybody know a Judas? Do you know Judas was a popular name? It was a very popular name. In fact, Jesus had two disciples whose name was Judas. But uh, one of those disciples betrayed him and from that time on, the, the name Judas just took a massive nosedive and lost its popularity. One man's action tainted an entire name. See, there's significance that goes along with names, even in our society. And unfortunately, the names that we listen to or allow to define us are the names not given to us by our parents at birth. They're the names that are spoken over us in spite and anger and jealousy. And we too often find our identity in the names that really do hurt us and we allow them to shape who we become. Names can hurt. What we wouldn't do sometimes to be able to go back and change some of the names that we've been called and the way that we've allowed them to define us. The good news is that when we enter into a relationship with Jesus, we do receive a new name because in his name we have, we receive new identity. Whatever, what, um, when God works in you, He doesn't just change your name, it gets even better. He changes your life and he gives you his spirit. See, we have a new name and a new identity in him. Before you came to Christ, your name was your identity. That was it. It was the summation of who you are and the reputation that you earned yourself by how you lived. That name meant something to the people who knew you, but it was all you had. Your identity was found in yourself. Now, when I got married and my name changed to Ellsmore, it signified that Jason and I were becoming one family. When I had children, I received a new name, a name that let everybody know that I had offspring. I became known as mum, not particularly original, but a privilege, nonetheless. And now I've become a grandma, I'm once more going through a name change, even though we don't know 
what that is yet. But when I became a follower of Christ at seven years old, at a Billy Graham crusade in 1979, I really am old, I was given a new name and a new identity. It was the name that carried real significance, a name that holds real power, a name that would continue to shape my character and my identity for the rest of my life. This name is a reflection of the transformation that God has made in my life. A new name and a new status. I became known as Christian. You know, the I-A-N on the end of Christian means belonging to. See, I now, from that moment, belong to Christ. I'm part of his family. I'm his child and I take on his name. I am a Christ one. In 1 John 3 verse 1, we read, See, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. You know, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and our Saviour, we belong to him. We're part of his family. We bear his name. And as his children, we have the right to call him Father. Romans 8 verse 15 says, The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit that you've received when you come into the family of God, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, What a privilege to be able to call the God of the universe Abba Father. You know, Abba is a real personal name. It's like us saying Daddy. It's intimate. And we get to call God Abba Father Daddy. You know, you might be able to think back and remember the moment that you came into his family. You no longer received your identity from the things of this world. You started receiving it from God. You've been born into a new life with him and your name is now his name. When you receive Christ as Lord and Saviour, you are given a new identity. And when you live for him, you are given his name and his spirit. And with that new identity, God wants to restore in us what is broken, what's damaged and what's hurt. And he wants to instill in you a new vision for your life, a new role that he wants each and every one of us to play in his kingdom. And what a better time to renew and refresh the vision that God has for our lives at the beginning of a new year, let alone a new decade. You know, if you haven't received a new name and a new identity by coming into a relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you as you start 2020, keep asking questions. Keep coming along to church. Come along to Alpha when it starts up. Alpha is simply a gathering of people who want to ask questions, learn more of who Jesus is, who God is and what it means to follow him. Sign up to Alpha when it starts because I tell you, this is the best name change that you will ever 
receive. The best life transformation you will ever experience and it will keep shaping your life for the rest of it. Now, four times in the Bible, God literally changed somebody's name. They were named one thing and then they were deliberately named and called something different. Now, some of you women might be looking forward to changing your name because it most likely means that you've found your life partner and you're taking on his name in marriage. And it signifies a change in status and relationship. Maybe you've contemplated changing your name because you don't like the name that your parents gave you when you were born. You know, famous people change their names to make themselves more marketable. Maybe some of you have considered that as well. But on none of these four occasions in Scripture is the person getting married, expressing any dissatisfaction with their names, or certainly not becoming famous, at least not yet anyway. Now, when a name was changed in the Old and the New Testament, it was for a significant purpose. And it was a reflection of God's transformation in the life of the person whose name was changed. Now, God was very intentional in changing these four names. And in each of these circumstances, God was speaking to their identity. For each of these people, God wanted to instill in them a new vision for their life, a new role that he had for them to play in his kingdom. And he wants to do the same for us. When we put our faith in Christ, we take on his name. And our name change, we too can experience the transformation of God at work in our lives to bring new vision and new purpose With our name changed, there is new privileges that come from being part of the family of God. Firstly, in his name, we have new family. When I got married and my name changed to Ellsmore, I became part of a new family. You know, my uh, maiden name was Dickens. And there's really great heritage to the name Dickens, but I can tell you it wasn't the greatest name to start my teaching career with. Jason used to tell me he got teased for the last name Ellsmore. Ellsmore smells more than you do. The truth is he probably did. Um, But his sisters used to complain to me about their last name. I just thought, bring it on. I can't wait. And in fact, sometimes when people would ask me how to pronounce my married name, I'd literally say to them, just remember, Ellsmore smells more than you do. I used it. I wasn't shy of it. But I was excited about becoming a part of a new family and all the privileges that went with it, yes, including a name change. Now, the father of many nations, Abraham, he experienced a name change and with it a new family. He was originally called Abram, which means honoured father. But he had no children. But um, he was highly respected as a father figure amongst his people. And when God sent Abram east and promised him that he would be the father of many nations, he changed his name to Abraham, which means the father of many. But we know the story. He still 
didn't have any children. In Genesis 17, we read the story. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. Thank goodness, because Abram just doesn't roll off the tongue. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. To be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole of Canaan where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give you as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you. And I will be their God. And in the same way God changed Abram's wife Sarai's name, which meant princess, to Sarah, which meant my princess. And it was a, a personal term of endearment that God gave to Sarah to signify her elevated role as the mother of nations. See, God made a covenant with Abraham and Sarah that they would have a bigger family than they ever imagined possible especially considering the fact that they're very old, much older than me, and they still have no children. You know, with our name change also comes new family. You know, we're part of a bigger family than we can even imagine possible. When we come into a relationship with Jesus and we call ourselves our new name, Christian, we become part of the bigger family of God. We become part of the community of believers right around the world that call themselves Christian. Romans 12 says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Being part of a big family has awesome benefits. You know, as you start 2020, are you embracing all that it means to be part of the big family of God and all that it has to offer? You know, when we left our family behind in Sydney and moved to Brisbane, the thing that we missed the most was meeting together, doing life together. We still get a bit jealous when we hear that they're all meeting together. Don't miss out on what it means to be part of the family of God and the opportunity to meet together, to do life together. Make sure you're getting along here to church weekly, weekly meeting with the family of God. Join a life group, a serving team, men's and women's ministries. All of these will help you find your place to belong and thrive as part of the family. We don't all have the same function, the same gifts and the same passions, but as each member of the family offers what we have, incredible community is cultivated, the family flourishes, and the body 
is blessed. Make 2020 your year to invest in the family of God. I know that you will be blessed and so will the family. Make sure you go out to the stand and talk to the people after church. Discover what opportunities exist or alternatively you can find anybody in blue or one of the pastoral team. They would love to help you find your place in the family. The third uh, person in the Bible whose name God changed was Jacob. By changing his name, God spoke to Jacob's identity and redeemed him. He called out the man that he was made to be, not the man that he'd been to that point. And as God's children, just like Jacob, in his name, we too have new promise of redemption. Now, Jacob's name means supplanter or holder of heel. And he was given this name because he literally, as he was born as the second twin, was holding the heel of his first brother Esau. And of course, we know, if we know the story, we know that he lived up to that name by also stealing the birthright of Esau as the firstborn child. You can imagine growing up, these two had a horrible uh, relationship. In fact, to the point where Esau wanted to kill Jacob. And Jacob flees, but as he's returning to meet with Esau and try and reconcile the relationship, he has an encounter in which he wrestles all night with an angel. And what, when they're done wrestling, Jacob refuses to let the angel go until he's received a blessing from him. We read this story in Genesis 32. Then the man said, let me go, for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? See, the man's not asking for information here. He's actually asking for a confession. See, Jacob will never know the man that he can become until he first acknowledges the man that he's been. And in confessing his name, Jacob, he offers himself into the hands of God because he realises he can't deceive or steal his way out of it this time. So Jacob, he answered, then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob. On that confession, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. See, the angel blesses Jacob with a new name. He'll be called Israel, which means having power with God. His new name was symbolic of the covenant between him and God and the assurance that God's promises would be fulfilled. His new name was a promise of both personal and national redemption. Jacob was a deceiver who became a leader. He was redeemed and given a new name, the name of God's chosen people, Israel. Jacob went from being a man who deceived others and stole the birthright of his brother 
to a man that God redeemed, who he filled with new power and he called to be a leader of his people. And Jacob lived up to his name from that day on. I tell you, there is hope for all of us. If God can redeem a deceiver like Jacob, he can redeem you and me. If he can call out the leader in Jacob, then he can call out the potential in you. Filled with God's power, your past does not have to define your future. But the walk from potential to purpose can sometimes be difficult. And especially when there's consequences that we need to face like Jacob did with Esau. But have courage because in the name of Jesus is the power to break strongholds and to bring freedom so that you can step fully into the purposes that God has for your life. What is God wanting to redeem from your past to redefine your future? Maybe it's letting go of some of the names and the labels that I mentioned earlier, that you've allowed to define and shape you to this point. Or maybe you struggle with things like bitterness or porn or addiction or anxiety, depression, anger, whatever it is. Make this the year. A clear line in the sand. 2020, a year of new beginnings. And like Jacob, be bold. He wrestled with God until he got the change that he wanted. Make this the year that you are bold. Wrestle with God. Find somebody that you can be accountable to until you see breakthrough. In his name is the power and the courage we need to overcome. Perhaps the most significant name change that we do see in Scripture is where Jesus himself bestows a new name on Simon. And just like Simon, in his name, we too have new purpose. Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And the disciples responded with things like, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say you're another great prophet. But then Jesus turns the question around and he says, but who do you say that I am? And in, oh, I'll tell you, this is one of Peter's best moments. Sorry, Simon's best moment because he's not Peter yet. <laughs> this is one of Simon's best moments and he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now the name Simon means He has heard. And Simon did seem to have an insight that the other disciples didn't have as to who Jesus was. And it wasn't that he'd heard it from others or gossip around the place. He had heard it directly from God. And we read it in Matthew 16. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. He has heard. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build 
my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Yeah, as a result of this confession of faith, Jesus gives Simon a new name. He calls him Peter, which means rock, because Peter will become the rock on which Jesus built the church. And God, wants to, uh, God wanted to instill a new vision in Peter's life or a new role that he had for him to play in his kingdom. And Peter rose to the challenge. Peter was filled with power and confidence and he did indeed become the rock on which the church was built. And 2,000 years later, we sit here because Peter was filled with vision and courage to take the gospel to the Gentiles. What is the new purpose that God is calling you to in 2020? Like Peter, we have the opportunity to keep building the church. Like Peter, will you rise to the challenge? Will you be a person who uses your words and your actions to speak life into others, to build up, to encourage, to restore? Will you share the life-giving hope of Jesus that you live, work and laugh with? Will you find your place to serve? Will you give generously to all that God is doing? In his name, is the power and the courage that we need to overcome fear and fulfill our God-given purpose. Names are important. They speak strongly to our identity. What name are you allowing to define you? Are they the names that have the power to hurt, like worthless, ugly, fat, imposter, Useless, not good enough, victim, addict? Or are you listening to the names that God calls you by? Christ one, beloved, daughter, son, chosen one, forgiven, redeemed, made whole, Enough, worthy, wonderfully made, loved. You know, growing up through my own fragile self-esteem, I've learnt to trust the names given to me by the one who loves me most. He says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And his voice is the one that I've learned over the years to listen to and to trust because he knows me fully, inside and out, and he declares that I am enough. I'm loved by him. And when others will let me down and speak, hurt into my heart I know that he never will because I'm enough whatever names you go by whatever names you've allowed to shape you good or bad this morning we can take hold of the fact that the God of the universe does 
know us by name. And he loves you unconditionally. Isaiah 43. But now this is what the Lord says. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you and I have called you by name. You are mine. You know, later when Jesus sent out the 72 disciples to heal the sick and tell everyone that the kingdom of God was near, the disciples came back excited and filled with joy because of the way they'd seen the power of God at work in them and through them to do miracles. But listen to what Jesus says. Do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, even though that's a great thing. Don't rejoice in that, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. God knows you by name. And for all of you who have joined the family of God, who have received a new name, you can rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Is your name written in heaven? There's no better way to start 2020 than with the certainty that your name is indeed written in heaven as part of the family of God. I just wonder if everybody could close their eyes and bow their heads right now. I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning to say yes, to start 2020 as part of the family of God. It is the best name change that you will ever receive to be called Christian, Christ one, belonging to Christ and all the privileges that come with being part of the family. If that's you this morning and in your heart you know that you haven't come into that relationship with God, you haven't entered into his family, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up nice and high so I can see it. I'm going to pray a prayer with you and welcome you into the family. Or maybe you've walked away from the family and you've been gone for a while and you're saying it's time to come home. This morning is the time to step back into the family. And if that's you, I wonder if you could put your hand up nice and high right where you are so I can see you. Is there anybody this morning that wants to join me in the family of God that hasn't already? All good. You know, while your eyes are closed right now, we're just about to hear the worship team. They're going to speak some, sing some words over us this morning. And the line in this song says, I am who you say I am. We're just going to create a moment where we stop and we listen. We ask God, God, who do you say that I am? Not the voices that have spoken to me in the past. Not the things that I've allowed to define me. Who do you say I am? God, would you speak to each of us? Who do you say that we are this morning? We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to encourage you on your journey. Help us help you by going to gatewaybaptist.com.au and clicking on Get Connected.